Or if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm not going to preach with notes, but I'm going to have a lot of the uh, PowerPoint and uh, having trouble with my voice because of this drainage. I don't think it's anything contagious or I wouldn't be here. <clears throat> but if I run out of voice, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to follow the outline on the wall. Uh, you know, you heard about the, uh, the following the bouncing ball. I'm just going to get over there with my bald head and just bounce up and under the each one of the words so you can follow it. So it's got I got a lot of notes on the wall, and so I won't say much, but I'll preach just a little while. And you'll probably be out of here about 8 o'clock. hope that you don't get mad about that. How many do does not have any children in the youth or the uh, children's class. Raise your hand. You do not have any children. Oh, man, y'all love it. Y'all be home by 8.30. But anyway, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. I got to wait for my wife, so I'm going to be here for a while. Excuse this cough drop. I'm going to preach to it melt. Amen? And uh, I once heard a preacher that uh, said he was going to do that, and he reached in his pocket, and he got a button. And put in his mouth and said, I'm going to preach to this uh, melts. And he preached a long time. Amen. I preached the holes full. Anyway, let's look at verse 5. Let's stand on the Word of God. It'll be the shortest text you'll have in a while. It says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let me read that again. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You may be seated. As I pray. Father, thank you for the good song, and Lord, thank you for the good message Sunday night. Lord, help us to be better shepherds uh, to our flock, and Lord, help us to uh, uh, nurture and lead and be the shepherds that the sheep need that are under our uh, leadership, our children, our grandchildren, uh, all our acquaintances. God, we just pray to your God that you just uh, use that message in a special way. Thank you for the way you move Sunday morning. Lord, thank you for all the new members, and that's a blessing to see our church grow. And most important of all, it's, it's a blessing to see that young lady join the family of God. And I pray, Lord, you'd bless uh, Lamar and Andrea as they raise her in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that she'd grow and glorify you with the rest of her life. And Lord, we just pray that you'd bless this message this morning or tonight. And we thank you, dear God, for <clears throat> the Beatitudes. God, help us to have the right attitude. And we'll praise you and thank you for doing a work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, first of all, I want you to realize the meaning of meekness. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, meekness is not weakness. Uh, it's not uh, being timid. It is power and control. And if you don't believe that, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 11. And let's read verse 28 and 29. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Might as well read verse 30 also. It says, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. That's Jesus speaking. Uh, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, the Lord was a meek man, but he was not a weak man. Uh, he was strong. He was the strongest man that ever walked this earth. And uh, he, he had more character than any man that's ever walked this earth. He had more holiness. Matter of fact, he's the only perfect man 
that ever walked this earth. And thank God that, that he was meek though. And we'll talk about what meekness is. Uh, there's a such thing as sinless anger. It says, um, it says, be angry and sin not. And I believe that's like when Moses came down off the mountain and found everybody worshiping rock and roll music and a calf. When he's getting the law of God and straight from the word of God, and he comes back and he had holy indignation. And the Bible says he was the meekest man that ever walked this earth, besides the Lord, of course. And he had uh, holy anger. It's hard to get mad at sin, as long as you don't get mad at uh, uh, the sinner and condemn him and not work with him and help him and realize there's hope for him. I guess the contrast is found in these two verses. If you'll turn to Proverbs and look at Proverbs 16, 32, and look at Proverbs 25, verse 28. Proverbs 16 and verse 32. The Bible says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And so, you're not a strong man or a strong lady, spiritually speaking, if you can't control your tongue. No man can control the tongue, James chapter 3. Only the Holy Spirit can. But thank God, friend, uh, when we have the ability to tell somebody off and we don't, that takes more power than it does just to do what we feel like doing. Anybody can do what you feel like doing. Tell somebody off, get angry, hurt or kill someone, but uh, the Spirit of God controls us, and that's meekness. It's not weakness. It's, um, it's the power of God arresting your spirit so you can have peace and not fall apart, so you can have temperance and not lose your temper. Um, it's a miracle of God. Say amen. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, that have short fuses. But look at Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. The Bible says this. It says, He that hath no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, that's a promise to God in this day of persecution and terrible, exceeding persecution. <coughs> persecution for righteousness' sake, that he's saying, be meek. Uh, don't get even. Let God work through your life. And the greatest testimony you have is when you could fall apart and you could lose hope and you could uh, lose control that you don't, that you let God control your anger or control your mouth or control your reaction. 95% of all, 85% of all actions are reactions. And sometimes our reactions are showing. Uh, we can plan our actions, but we cannot plan our reactions. Uh, let's turn to um, a few examples of meekness. I should have brought my water to the pulpit of all times. <coughs> I apologize for this coughing. But, um, the examples of meekness. Uh, Abraham left Earl Chaldees and there was an argument over 
uh, what, um, um, who was going to get what. And Abraham, the more spiritual, um, submitted to uh, um, Lot. <laughs> and of course, you know the story, Lot uh, chose the wrong place and the wrong people to be with <clears throat> and lost everything. And then Joseph is a great example of meekness. Um, I love Genesis chapter 45. I want you to turn there with me and read verses 4 through 8. Genesis chapter 45, verse 4 through 8. <clears throat> I was doing so much better today that I overdid it and got outside a lot, so that was my fault. And so I'm sure that my wife will sentence me to the doctor tomorrow. Uh, she has been really uh, determined that I need to go to the doctor. And uh, as most men, we don't go to the doctor unless we're just dying or half dead. But I don't like not having a voice, so I'll probably go. Look at Genesis chapter 45, and I want you to look at verse 4 through 8. And Joseph said to his brethren, Come near to me. I pray you that they came, and they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now here's the brothers facing the music and facing the man, and they thought facing their death. But I want you to see the meekness of Joseph. Verse 5 Genesis 45, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Notice that, God did send me before you to preserve life. Look at verse 6, thank you brother. It says, for these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in uh, the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And look at this, verse 7, And God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, talking to his brothers that sold him into slavery, but God. <clears throat> and he hath made me a father to the Pharaoh. Look at this, the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. The meat shall inherit the earth. Now here's a perfect example. Joseph was a slave. Joseph was a prisoner and he became prime minister. Um, Joseph uh, became second in command under Pharaoh who was looked at as God of the universe in that day. And he was also in charge of all the agricultural <laughs> and all the crops, and he saw a vision and, and uh, preserved the uh, food, and now he's feeding his brothers. Now, how many of you do that? Uh, that's like the story I told um, uh, of, of the Lamb family, and um, the lady went insane and stabbed her mother to death, and that same man loved his sister so much, when the court awarded her custody to him, uh, he helped her and gave his life to help her not become insane anymore. And uh, that's love. But also, this is meekness. He didn't get even, but he let God arrange the opportunities. This is Genesis, uh, this is Romans eight twenty eight in the Old Testament. 
this is the uh, uh, commentary on Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where it says, As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring to pass as in this day to save much people. Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, As for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. See, meekness causes you to rule when people try to hurt you. Meekness causes you to overcome some terrible obstacles and terrible people and terrible things said about you. Uh, thank God, because you know God's got a plan. That plan is for you to stay faithful. And, that God, that, and your, your plan is to, uh, God's plan for you is to stay Christ-like. And that's meekness. He says, I am meek and lowly. If you want to be like Christ, you've got to be meek. And um, David's another example. Talking about examples of meekness. David's an example. He was in the cave, and the guy that was trying to kill him, Saul, because he was jealous, because they sang about <coughs> David killing his thousands and, or ten thousands and him just his thousands. So he got jealous, and jealousy will eat you alive. And somebody said it was a green-eyed monster. I don't know where they get that from, but it'll cause you to do some crazy things. But in that cave, he could have killed Saul, and he just cut the uh, robe off to prove he was there, and he didn't kill him. That's meekness. In 2 Samuel 16, Shimei cursed and threw stones at David. And uh, everybody wanted to, uh, Abishai wanted to take his head off, and he would have took his head off. And he says, no, don't touch him. Uh, I know that God is going to use this. Um, when we look at this kingdom passage about ruling and reigning in this life, I can't help but to continue to compare David and Saul. Why did Saul commit suicide? Why did Saul wish not that the Spirit of God, no, that was Samuel, uh, that it, the, the Spirit of God departed from Saul and it, it was anointing on David? I'll tell you the reason. The difference was meekness. Saul was always promoting himself. He was a tall guy. David was a ruddy fellow. They said he was red-headed. I don't know what that has to do with it. Good piano playing, by the way. And, uh, you know, red-headed. And uh, I don't know what ruddy means in the Bible, but he was a shepherd, as Brother uh, Jeremy pointed out. A stinking job. Uh, a lowly job. The lowest job. That's why it was a miracle when the message of the angels came to the shepherds on Christmas, uh, in the Christmas season. And um, we see David compared to Saul. What a difference. Just look at a couple of passages. <clears throat> Let me give you one. Uh, 1 Samuel 18, verse 33. 1 Samuel 18, verse 33. <clears throat> I believe is it. <clears throat> I don't feel as bad as I sound, so don't, don't worry. And I will not be shaking your hand if you are worried. I couldn't catch you anyway. But... Um, I believe, I believe I wrote that down wrong. It's 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 33, I believe. It's the first mistake I've made in 47 years of preaching. I'm amazed. I, that wasn't a meek statement, was it? Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 18, 33. Yeah, it says, And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as, as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would to God that had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. 
Now you can go back to 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 36 through 45. And Saul's trying to kill Jonathan for a very menial thing, just a very little thing. And so it shows you the difference because his son made him look bad. Now here's David being betrayed by Absalom. I mean, he, 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 brings, he, he goes and gets a, uh, soldiers against him, tries to steal his kingdom. And when he's uh, <coughs> killed by darts through his body, because his long hair uh, got caught in the tree. That ought to be a sign that we shouldn't have long hair, amen? Uh, he got caught in the tree. Um, he said, would to God that I died for thee. Now, Joab re rebuked him because they said, no, we need you as king. And um, why are you crying aloud for your son Absalom? I'll tell you why, because he was broken and he was meek. Let me give you the greatest example of meekness in the Bible. If you'll turn to Isaiah 53, verse 7. Isaiah 53 and verse 7. I love Isaiah 53, don't you? Verse 7 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. That's meekness. He could have called 10,000 angels, as the beautiful gospel song says. He could have called one angel and wiped out that little crowd. But he didn't, he didn't open his mouth. And the Bible says he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. That's meekness. And as a sheep before the shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. That's meekness. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8 describes that. It says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's meekness. Christ was the greatest example of meekness. If you want to be like Jesus, you need to be meek, not weak, and not down on yourself, and not trying to get even, but just having power and control. That means you could get even, and you could ruin somebody's uh, character with your mouth, or with your um, reaction, or your actions, but you don't. That's power in control. That's anger in control. That's temperance. Let me show you the test for meekness. Number three, are you exercising self-control? Well, that's good, but I want to tell you something, folks. It takes spirit control to have self-control. <clears throat> the more you don't want to get angry, you will get angry. The more you try to forgive, you will not forget. But if you'll let the Lord forgive, it's power under control. And God will help you treat people as if it hadn't happened. That's meekness. Uh, what are the attitudes towards the circumstances of life? That is meekness. And by the way, this uh, Matthew 5.5 5 is taken directly out of Psalms verse 37. So I want you to see in Psalms 37, we're going to close with a study of just a few verses in Psalms. I promise you I won't keep you long. <clears throat> Reminds me of a bad joke. But anyway, Psalms 37 and uh, verse 8. I want to read most of Psalms 37 because this is where uh, this, I think it's verse 34, that the Lord's quoting Psalms 37 when he's given the Beatitudes. You'll find that a lot, the Lord quoting uh, these, these wonderful psalms. 
Psalms 37 is one of the best. Um, and look, look at Psalms 37 and verse 8. <clears throat> the Bible says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. The first thing that we try to do is get even. And the first thing we do is we try to feel sorry for ourselves. And we try to get a wounded spirit and we close our spirit. And that's natural. But folks, the attitude should be when things go wrong, have meekness. Look at verse 11. It says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall light themselves in the abundance of peace. There it is. And that's what the Lord's quoting. <clears throat> He's saying you'll inherit the earth. You'll rule and reign not over just this earth, but the kingdom in your heart, the anger in your soul. And then we see the attitude towards the Word of God shows if you're meek. In James chapter 1, the Bible says we ought to receive the Word of God with meekness. Meekness. Look at James chapter 1. So you can't even read the Bible unless you're meek. Let me mark that Psalms 37. All of you mark it. We're going, coming back to it real quick. In about six minutes, we'll be finished. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm enjoying this too much. It might be a little, maybe 12. But uh, look at Psalms, I mean, uh, James 1 and 19, uh, 119. Um, I get a little nervous when I don't mark my verses because sometimes I just can't find them. Amen. And I've been preaching a long, long time. Uh, but I will find James because I know it's in here. Amen. James chapter um, 1 and verse 19. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now that's, that's good, isn't it? Amen. It says you ought to be swift to hear. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. And it says, slow to speak. That's why it's dangerous for you to respond immediately. I had a lady one time join our church and said, I just want to warn you that I say what I think. And you know something? She did. Oh, my word. A wonderful lady. Did great things here at this church. But buddy, if you crossed her, you knew it. And everybody else on that road knew it too. And I have... Received the wrath from that mouth. But um, she's in heaven now, and I think God's going to control it. But it's, listen, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. You know, some people say that you ought to count sheep to go to sleep. But I think what you ought to do is pray to go to sleep. And if you don't go to sleep, the devil will make sure you do go to sleep if you start praying. Amen? But we ought to pray about everything we say. And so, you know, a lot of people just rebuke and retort and recoil and strike back like a snake. God says, well, to be meek. And meekness means slow to wrath. That's why it's very dangerous on social media that you don't respond to everything that's posted. You'll get in big trouble. And if you are the conservative of the group or the independent fundamental Baptist of the group, you'll bring every vulture out in the kingdom of the world to retort and rebuke you because you rebuke them. 
So it's best not to do that. It's best just to go to a person personally and talk to them and and uh, pray with them and talk to them and and not um, counsel their subscription, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and counsel them. Praise God. Uh, it's 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 it. Uh, some things need to be rebuked, but sometimes it's just the wrong platform because it's an immediate response. I'm bad about that, man. I'll see something. Ah, what I can do right there, I could set this straight, you know. Then when I do, 16 dozen people all of a sudden, they come out of the bat cave somewhere, you know, just swoop out there and say, what are you? A conservative? Yes. What are you, against abortion? Yes. And man, a lie. Uh, it's just not a good platform. You ought to come to church and hear some good preaching, amen. Attitude towards the Word of God. Look at verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not for the righteousness of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting unconviction just reading these scriptures. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That's a picture of a garden with weeds. Isn't it amazing that nothing will grow in your flower bread bed but weeds will every time? I thought about maybe... Weeds might grow on my head. That would be a blessing. Amen. But, uh, you know, weeds grow automatically. You don't even have to water them. You don't even have to plant them. They just grow. And folks, the Bible says you ought to watch this superfluity of naughtiness. Don't let it grow up in your life. It says this, and receive with meekness, here it is, the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Folks, engrafted means become part of you. And when the Word of God comes part of you, you have a check system. You have an alarm system. I'm going to tell you something. If you're full of the Spirit and full of the Word, you're not full of anger. And you're not full of yourself. That's the biggest enemy of meekness is selfishness. So, folks, our attitude towards the Word of God tells us we're meek. In other words, we ought to receive the Word of God as if we need it. And you know, some people, by, by even their attendance, says, I don't need that. I mean, when's the last time you've been in Sunday school because you don't think you need it? You need every hour of Bible teaching you can get. By the way, we ought to have about two Sunday schools with this wicked world. Amen? Attitude towards your brother that sin. Galatians 6, 1 says you ought to restore him with an attitude or a heart or a spirit of meekness because you might be next. So who are we to condemn somebody to hell when they mess up? Or shoot our wounded. We're the only army that does that. When folks, you might be next. You might slip up. You're not invincible. And with meekness, we ought to restore our brother. Saying, that could have been me. Now, I'm not saying compromise with sin. And I'm not saying take church discipline out of the church. And then there's attitudes of those that disagree with us. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I think I've overprepared. But uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. The Bible says this, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, look at verse 25, in what class? Meekness. <coughs> Instructing <coughs> those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth. So, folks, we ought to have an attitude of meekness when people disagree with us. You know, people have the right to be wrong. 
we can we can make two wrongs. Uh, we, uh, we can compound the wrong when we're wrong. We have a bad attitude towards people that disagree with us. You ever been there? And we can lose our joy and lose our peace because we do not react and respond in the Spirit. And then we ought to have an uh, attitude of meekness towards the laws. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. The Bible says this, and then I'm going to Go back to Psalms 37 just for a couple minutes. 1 Peter 3.15, Bible says this. Listen real closely. Appreciate all our new members here tonight. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason to the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Meekness and fear. Now you can, you, that, that tells me you don't beat somebody over the head when you're witnessing. But you have a meek... Uh, Spirit. So how do you cultivate meekness? Uh, Moses reacted in the spirit. Paul had meekness when uh, <coughs> he was persecuted and God used his testimony. I want to tell you something. The greatest um, proof that you're saved is that you love your enemies and heat coals of fire upon their head. Romans chapter 12 verse 20. That's how I won my daddy to the Lord. I stopped being mean and hateful and argumentative and, argumented and uh, striking back and preaching back and just started loving him. And God saved him. Um, the proof positive evidence that you're saved is that you're Christ-like. Christ was meek. What's the fruit of meekness? Well, the last phrase says you'll inherit the earth. And we reign in life by resigning our lives. We die to self. I want you to look at a couple of verses. We'll get to Psalms 37 next week. Look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25. Matthew 16, 25. Here's, here's what meekness comes down to. Matthew 16 and verse 25. The Bible says this. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now folks, the key to the Christian life, I asked Dr. Lee Robinson this one time riding home with him after he preached here. I said, what's the difference in one great man of God and another man of God that's not doing much? He says, the mouth that you die to sell and are filled with this faith and spirit. And folks, we reign in life. We inherit the earth. We live as kings, victorious kings, not like Saul, but like David. Even get forgiveness from terrible sins, and all of you needed that when we show meekness. God gave David a crown because he was meek. And you know, we inherit the earth. And I go back to Psalms 37, and you'll see it looks like the wicked's winning. It's sinners mentioned in verse 10, 12, 14, 20, 21, 28, 32, 34, 35, 38, and 40. All these about the sinner winning. And um, what are the righteous to do? Well, number one, you're not to fret. And you shouldn't fight. And you shouldn't get mad. 
And then verse 39 of Psalms 37, I'll just read that and we'll go take it up next week. Or the week after, next week is Tuesday night um, Thanksgiving service. But look at um, verse 39. It says, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. It says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Now, folks, we can either fight or we can have faith. We can either fret or have faith. We can either delight in the Lord and commit our ways to the Lord. Verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. And we can commit our ways, verse 5, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And praise God, the results is, verse 7, that we'll rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Isn't rest a blessing? How many has ever had a night where you couldn't sleep? Raise your hand. I've had about five in a row. And I know my wife hadn't slept because I've coughed all night. And I said, you know, I can't go on and do this because I have to have my beauty rest because I'm getting, I'm getting ugly. And um, at 70 years of age, I used to get handle this respiratory stuff and with a couple of aspirins and go on anyway and drink a lot of water. But I want to tell you something. You lose rest, you're miserable. Some of you don't sleep, I heard. You, you testified down here, I don't sleep much. Maybe that's why you're so ill. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> I'm only, kidding. I'm only kidding. We ought to delight in the Lord. We ought to commit ourselves unto the Lord. And the Bible says we'll rest. Now what is that rest? It's a rest of faith. And we won't get restless. And we won't get ruffled. You know, a lot of people have a chip on their shoulder and they're just looking for somebody to knock it off. I used to be that way. Come on, just knock it off. And boy, they'd knock it off and I'd let them, know, I'd let them have it. I wouldn't last very long as a pastor if I did that, I'll tell you that. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need meekly to submit to God's will by trusting the Lord, verse 3, but the results of it is where the Lord's quoting will inherit the earth. Look at verse 7 and we'll close. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him, fret not thyself because of Him. That's sinners that attack you or friends that attack you or your wife attacks you or husband. It says, who prospereth in the way because of a man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, verse 8, Psalms 37, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. There it is. Trust, don't fret, trust, have faith, commit, <coughs> and then you'll inherit the peace passes understanding and misunderstanding. For they shall inherit the earth. I just got to go ahead and say this. Look at verse 10 and 11. I'm trying to close. It says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. It's going to pass. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider this place, and it shall not, and, and it shall not be. But look at verse 11. Here it is. But the meek, inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of, what's the last word? 
peace. Folks, I want to say this. Don't let anybody rob you of your peace. Don't let anybody rob you of your place of being close to God. I tell you what, if I ain't careful, I'll let the president rob me of peace. Every time I hear him speak, I lose peace. <laughs> I shouldn't be so political, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. Anytime that I see somebody standing by his side that believes in same-sex marriage and killing babies, I lose peace. But I want to tell you something. If I thought about that all day long and every day, I would be so miserable, I'd make my wife miserable, and we'd fall apart. Folks, don't let anybody rob you of your peace. And the reason you shouldn't is because you ought to trust in Him and delight in Him. And then there's abundance of peace. I want to tell you, the greatest testimony you have is that you're not falling apart every time somebody ruffles your wings, but you're, you're soaring like an eagle. You're not joining the vultures and trying to get even and pick everybody apart, but you're soaring above and even in, against the, the wind. And the way God designed an eagle's wing, it makes you go higher. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. You'll study the aerodynamics of an eagle. That's where we get our plane wings from. We just soar above the adverse winds. Let me just give you a couple of quotes. I am going to finish this message. Skipped a little bit of it. I want to give you about three quotes, and that's it. Three, three bottom lines. Number nine, brother. There is no need for us to assert ourselves, to impress others, to boast about ourselves, or even defend ourselves. Because the Father has all this under His control. A meek person does not have to promote himself. A meek person doesn't have to be the center of attention all the time. A meek person is not uh, so offended that they feel like they're above being offended. We're just meek. And then the great enemy of meekness is impatience. Psalms 37 verse 34, Wait on the Lord and keep His way and He shall exalt thee to inherit the land where the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. And last but not least, the meek person does not fret or fight. He simply submits and waits, knowing God's timing is perfect. The Bible says you ought to ask for wisdom. James chapter 1. When you have diverse problems and trials in your life, nothing wavering. You ought to stay steadfast. Because a man unstable in his way, uh, unstable, cannot ask anything from God, and therefore his prayers are not answered. Don't let anybody knock you off praying ground. And praying ground is meekness. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for this study on meekness. I know I needed it. And I know every person in this room, if they'll be honest, really need more meekness. God, I know that's not weakness and it's not being a doormat. <clears throat> it's being strong in our convictions. But dear God, patient in our reactions. And loving and kind and like Christ, forgiving when we're hurt. Lord, these people were facing persecution. They were facing exceeding persecution. 
And the Bible tells us they ought to be exceedingly glad and be the salt of the earth and a light that's set up on a hilltop. And Lord, I believe that means that we don't come down in the valley with people that hurt us, but that we pray for them with meekness, trying to, overcome, uh, trying to restore them, knowing that we could be guilty of the same thing. So Lord, please help us to be like you, meek. With every head bowed, every eye closed, have me say, Preacher, tonight the study of meekness has hit home, and I know I need to be more like Christ, and I need to be more like Him in the area of meekness. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? I got to raise mine. I'll be honest with you, I got to raise it. Father, thank you for this night, and thank you, God, for the strength to preach and the clarity of thought. And I pray, dear God, that the Word of God was clear and plain, even if I wasn't. Lord, help us to thank, thank you, Lord, for your promise that you said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God, help us to realize your way is the best way. Fretting and fighting and getting even is not the best way. It's the world's way. But God, your way is have faith and to wait on your timing. And Lord, you know, you know what we're going through. And you know what it's going to take. And you know, Lord, what we need to do. And that's not getting the way. But God lets you work in our hearts and in their hearts as we have a meek and humble spirit. We're going to thank and praise you for teaching us something tonight, but helping us in our walk with Thee and walk with others. In Jesus' name.